John 4.31, I read today in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, and the word of the Lord says this so. In the meanwhile, his disciples prayed to him saying, Master, eat. Jesus, you got to eat something. Next verse. But he said unto them, I have meat to eat that ye know not of. Woo. Therefore said the disciples one to another, Has any man brought him something to eat? Jesus said unto them, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. Say not ye, there are yet four months, and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift your eyes. Lift, open your eyes, and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. And so I want to talk to you guys for a little while under the subject, Perceiving purpose. Perceiving purpose. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, in Jesus' name, we come before you, Lord God. Add blessing to your word now. Minister to your people in a mighty way, and we thank you for it in advance. In Jesus' name, and the church said, amen and amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. The last time I spoke to you, saints, I was talking to you a little bit about purpose. And so I want to continue in that vein. If you remember, hallelujah, the last conversation we had about purpose, we posed a question to start the sermon. And the question is this, or was this, is there anything worse than death? Is there anything worse than death? And the reply was, yes, life without purpose. Life without purpose. I heard someone else put it like this. Life without purpose is like an unsharpened pencil. It has no point. I said it has absolutely no point. Purpose is the gas in the car. Purpose is the fuel, watch this, that moves me to my expected end, that causes me to arrive at my destination. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Oh God, without purpose, I am going absolutely nowhere. If you were here the last time we spoke about it, I said, listen, you were a purpose before you were a person. I said, you were a purpose before you were a person. Jeremiah, before I formed thee in the belly, I already knew thee, already separated thee, already sanctified thee to be a prophet unto the nation. So watch this. I established your purpose first and then I built the encasement that was going to house that purpose. This is why if you're in ministry, if you're watching me, if you're a visionary who wants to build a business, hallelujah, never make the building your vision. Because the building is only the thing that houses your vision. If you make the building your vision, that's probably why you don't have one yet. Because the building only comes when you master purpose. Once you master purpose, then God gives you whatever you need to house that purpose. Do you remember that? You were created with a purpose. I don't care what science says. As far as evolution is concerned, hallelujah, watch this. Man is simply, is simply one step above the primate. One step above the monkey. Or the ape, hallelujah. But according to the scriptures, man is one step beneath the angels. Are you hearing what I'm saying? In other words, you matter to God. In other words, you are valuable to God. Hallelujah. The psalmist put it like this. What is man? That you are mindful of him. Ah, God. He's thinking about you. Come on, somebody. 
Hallelujah. So let me ask you another question in this place. What are you driven by? What drives you? Because it's sad, hallelujah, and unfortunate, but there's a lot of people who are not driven by purpose. They're driven by something. It's just not purpose. And so my question is, what drives you? Some people are driven by guilt and fear. Listen, guilt-driven people are people, watch this, hallelujah, who are manipulated by their memories. I said manipulated by their memories. Watch this. So their past is controlling their future. I said their past is controlling your future. And you can sit here and argue with me that you are a product of your past. But I will submit to you that if you are a product of your past, that doesn't mean you have to be imprisoned by it. God, help me in this place. Hallelujah. God's purpose is not limited to your past. Neither is his purpose neutralized, hallelujah, by the mess we've made. He can still work it out. Oh, somebody ought to praise him right there. Hallelujah. Listen, one of the verses that we love in the Bible is that verse that says, For I know the plans that I have for you. Did you know that when he was saying that, he was saying that, hallelujah, to a wayward people? Do you know that when he was saying that, he was saying that to backslidden Israel? who was now in Babylonian captivity because of their own foolishness. And God said, hallelujah, your foolishness brought you here, but I'm not finished. (laughs) He said, but I'm not, I'm not finished, hallelujah. Watch this. And while it's looking bad right now, I still know the plans. I still know the plans that I have for you, plans to bless you, give you hope, a future, and an expected end. So even though it doesn't look good right now, my plan's still working. He who has begun a good work in you shall complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. You ought to get excited because if he started doing something in you, he says, I always finish what I start. If you're blessed in here, shout glory. So don't be driven by guilt and fear. Be driven by purpose. Some people are driven by anger and resentment. But how many of you in this place know that holding on to past hurts is incredibly dangerous? Watch this, hallelujah, and destructive. If we don't forgive and forget, all we'll do is remember and resent. God have mercy Watch this. Resentment-driven people either clam up or internalize their anger, right? And if they don't do that, the next thing they do, hallelujah, is that they blow up and shower others with their fallout. Anger always hurts. I said anger always hurts. Are you in this place, church? God have mercy in here. If you're blessed, shout glory. glory. Mm. So my question is, do you see problems or do you see purpose? Uh, some people look at the same thing and see different things. And while some see problems, others see purpose. While some see crisis, others see opportunity. Yeah. Are you hearing what I'm saying in this place? My question is, what do you see? Somebody put it like this, the same hammer that tempers steel shatters glass. The difference is the material. So watch this, hallelujah. While one person gets moved off course very easily, another person is not easily inconvenienced. And the difference is purpose. 
Perspective. I would dare say perspective is everything. If you saw the picture, if you saw the picture up there, hallelujah, sometimes the reason you ain't looking at something correctly is because you first have to see yourself correctly. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Did you not know that there was a lion in you? Did you not know, hallelujah, that his name is the lion from the tribe of Judah? God, help me in here. Perspective is everything. So let me ask you another question. Where are you going and what are you doing about it? I said, where are you going? Matter of fact, look at somebody next to you with a little attitude. Where are you going and what are you doing about it? Tell them. And let me give you some, <laughs> let me give you some advice on top of that. Hallelujah. Don't make the mistake to assume, hallelujah, watch this, that activity is accomplishment. Don't mistake activity for accomplishment because you could be doing a lot of things and going nowhere. You, you could, like the disciples, be toiling all night and catch absolutely nothing. And, and just because you're busy doesn't mean, hallelujah, you're progressing. Doesn't mean you're producing. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Hallelujah. Also, do not make the mistake, hallelujah, uh, to assume that movement is direction because you could be moving in circles. Over and over, like the people of Israel in the wilderness, and it not take you absolutely anywhere. Somebody shout purpose. purpose. Listen, let me just help you in here. Let me say it like I feel it. If you're going nowhere, you're going to get there real soon. I said, if you're going nowhere, you're going to get there really soon. Amen, somebody. Amen. <laughs> you know, the name of our church is High Place, amen? And we have a slogan, and it's living life on a higher level. The desire of our leadership is to see God's people living on the highest level. And just in case you didn't know, hallelujah, there are levels of living. I said there are levels of living. Let me give you three in particular, hallelujah. The first one, this is the lowest level, is survival. Unfortunately, this is where most people are at. Survival. Just barely making it. Just getting by in life, you ain't really living, you're just existing. You, you, you're putting in your time, you're punching in the clock, and you're living for the weekend. But you don't really have no goals, no real aspirations, hallelujah. Survival. That is the lowest place. Place number two is better, but not the best, and that's success. Unfortunately, a lot of people think this is the best way to live. And, and success talks about me accomplishing some things or success talks about me uh, getting to the place where I can live comfortably. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Where I can, uh, like, like the Bible says, drink and be merry because I have gathered, I, I have some possessions, hallelujah, and some things, hallelujah. But how many of you know that that doesn't satisfy fully? Come on, somebody, hallelujah. There are people who are rich committing suicide. There are people who are important and wealthy, hallelujah, strung out on drugs right now. Because they lack the highest level of living. The highest level of living is significance. When you're living in significance, what that means, hallelujah, is that you know the reason you were born. God, help me in here. I know why I came into this world, hallelujah. And every morning when I wake up, I wake up with purpose in my life. Are you hearing what I'm saying, church? Do I got, any, do I got anybody like that in this place, hallelujah? Do I got anybody who's interested in living a life of significance, hallelujah? 
I don't want to just survive and I don't just want to succeed. I want to live a life of significance. Amen? Because that's the kind of life I want to live. Watch me now. Hallelujah. I do not want to invest effort on things that are not escalating my purpose. I said I don't want to invest time, effort into things that are not escalating my purpose or my destiny. I don't want to waste time on things God didn't call me to do. The last thing I want to do is get to heaven, have God tell me, you were successful at the wrong thing. God have mercy. Are you blessed in here, church? So watch this. Like Abraham, I need to know. If it's not Ishmael, let me birth Isaac. I said, if it's, listen, if I'm like Abraham, if it's not Ishmael, let me birth Isaac. Hallelujah. If I'm Ruth, for the ladies in here, if I'm Ruth, hallelujah, if you ain't, if you ain't Boaz, move over Bozo so that I can find him, so that I can stop wasting time fooling around outside of purpose. It matters who you hook up with. Don't let me open that up because I won't shut it down. Can we go deeper? Listen, God, God told Adam in the beginning, eat from all the trees in the garden except one. Except one. Watch this. And he gives them an option. Why? Because option creates the praise. Stay with me. Option creates the praise. Because watch this. If there is no other option and you stand up and go, God, I choose you. God's going to say, well, of course you do. I'm the only thing there. But when there's something else to choose other than God and you still choose God, that creates the praise. God, help me in this place. If you're with me in this place, shout glory. I preach better if you talk back to me. Watch this, hallelujah. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 1 that you were predestined. Now, you got to check that word right there because a lot of people can't wrap their mind around this. Hallelujah. But I'm going to make something real hard, real simple for you. Amen? Watch this. Hallelujah. Uh, predestined. And so you ask yourself, wow, what does that mean? Is my life predetermined? And so watch this. If my life is predetermined, then how do I still have a free will? Because your God not only predestined you, but he gave you a free will. So if everything is predetermined, does that, does not that mean that my choices don't even matter? If everything is predetermined, why even pray? You're not going to get out of that. Let me just help you. Why, why, why even pray? You're having a hard time with it because you haven't read the text carefully. The text says you are predestined, watch this now, according to his foreknowledge. Those that he foreknew, he predestined. Watch this. Now, let me break down predestined for you. Pre, the prefix, means before. Destined means destiny or destination. So what does it mean? Watch this. When you are predestined, it means I knew your destination from before. Isaiah put it like this. He sees the end from the beginning. Watch this. Watch this. I'm not just alpha and omega. I alpha omega you. Now, you don't get it. Hallelujah. It's going to hit somebody in the parking lot. Are you in this place? Hallelujah. Watch, right, right. Okay, let me help the men understand it first and then I'm gonna help you ladies. Where's my sports fans? Some ladies are sports fans. All right, hallelujah. Let me help you. They, they talking back to me over here, so I'm gonna stay over here until y'all say something. Watch this. Watch this. Hallelujah. So, so let's just say you missed the big game 
because of the revival service. Right? You wanted to see the big game, but there was revival service at HPC, so you, you had to come to the revival service. So you were going to miss the big game. But thank God for technology, right? Because technology allows you to record the game. Amen? So watch this. You're going to watch it later. Isn't that good? But watch this. On your way to the parking lot, somebody spoils it for you. Tells you the score, and so now you know what's going to happen. But you're going to watch it anyway. Watch, 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 watch. But now you're not going to watch it with the stress you would normally watch it with when you didn't know how it was going to play out. Because now you have foreknowledge. Stay with me. I'm going somewhere. Now you have foreknowledge. You know how it's going to play out. Amen? So watch this. Hallelujah. That does not mean that when you watch the game now, the players are not going to exert their will. They're still going to exert their will. Watch this. I'm not making any of them do anything. I just know through foreknowledge what they're going to do. God, help me in here. All right, all right. Let me help you some more. Let me help you some more. Uh, every now and again, I like to catch a good movie. Y'all left me up here by myself. Okay, I'm the only one. Jesus. So every now and again, I like to catch a good movie, right? My wife, she's not here, right? Okay. My wife don't like necessarily watching movies with me because I get too into the movie. So, so when we watch a movie, she likes to kind of lean on me. But when she leans on me, if, if, if they're running in the movie, I'm running in my seat. <laughs> Guys, come on, don't leave me up here alone. Right? If they're fighting in the movie, I'm in my seat going. <laughs> and so she takes her head off me like, are you in the movie? And I'm like, yeah, I'm the only guy in the movie that's not getting paid. I'm sorry. <laughs> Watch this. Watch this. I'm going somewhere. I'm going somewhere. Watch this. But sometimes she'll come and watch a movie with me I've already seen. I don't necessarily tell her if I've seen it too. I've already seen, right? So now we're watching the movie. The difference is I have foreknowledge. Stay with me here. Look, I have foreknowledge. So it'll be dramatic. It'll be intense. Crazy stuff is happening. She's like, oh my God, he's going to kill her. She's going she to die. And I'll say something like, she's going to be all right. Nice. <laughs> foreknowledge. She's going to be all right. And she's like, no, she's not. Don't you see? Can't you see what's going on? Oh, my God. She go, I can't watch. She's going to die. And I'm like, she's going to make it through. Now, I didn't make her come out. I just know through foreknowledge she's going to come out. God didn't make you get saved. God help me here. He just knew you were going to say yes when he came calling. Because of foreknowledge, those he foreknew, God help me in here, he predestined. 
Oh, you don't hear me in here. Hallelujah. So what does that mean? That means, hallelujah, your decisions do matter. I just know what you're going to decide. Your prayers are effective. Hallelujah. I just seen you pray prayers you haven't prayed yet because I see the end from the beginning. God, help me in here. He's omniscient. He is all-knowing. I know everything. Watch this. How deep is that? You want to hear how bad your God is? I'm about to lose my sanctified mind. Listen, listen. The very hairs on your head are numbered, the Bible says. Not, not counted. Is there a difference? Yes, I'm glad you asked. Numbered. That means if they were counted, he just knows how many you have on your head. But they're numbered, which means that if you lost one right now, he'll look at it. And say number 562,432 just fell off my child's head. And you sitting there, somebody sitting there right now, I'm like, oh, Pastor, you don't understand. I got a haircut yesterday. Well, let me help you out, hallelujah. When you got a haircut or you shaved, heaven adjusted their records. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh. Foreknowledge. I know your thoughts are far off. Oh, yeah, I didn't like that right there because that's scary. I know your thoughts are far. That means that as your thought is coming to you, I catch it first. That's why nobody in here would volunteer to put the thoughts they had this week up on these screens. But God saw them, still died for you, still loves you still saved you. You're acting all cute like all your thoughts are pure. Hallelujah. You better tell the truth in church. Sometimes you're in the middle of worship with your hands up and a crazy thought comes into your mind. Oh, y'all don't, oh, they don't want to be real in here today, God. If you know anything, I ain't gonna finish this. If you know anything about how movies are made, ask producers, they'll tell you we go to the end first. God help me. We, we take care of the end first and then everything before that, hallelujah, works toward that end. This is why you should praise God when you read scriptures like all things are working for my good or for the good of them that love the Lord and are the called according to his purpose. Somebody shout purpose. purpose. Woo. This is why the apostle Paul on another occasion said, we glory in tribulation. A lot of you cry in tribulation. Paul said, we glory in tribulation because if everything works for my good, that even my trouble is blessed. That's why I tell people all the time, it's not that I don't have problems, I got blessed problems. These light afflictions that are but for a moment are working for me, a far more exceeding weight of glory. Even my tribulation works something good in me. Mm. So listen, if you know that, then you should develop an attitude that says, Satan, at best, all you could do is delay me, but you can't deny me. 
you can't deny me because the only person that could deny me is me. That's why he said you will reap in due season if you faint not. And so watch this. I understand that if I don't faint, then no weapon formed against me shall be able to prosper. Are you hearing me, church? This text that I just read, I ain't lost. This text that I just read, amen, I'm just going to use it as a runway to take off from. I want you to hear something very powerful about this text. They came to Jesus after getting food and think, and think that he is spent because he hasn't eaten. And they say, Jesus, eat something, man. And Jesus said, I have meat you know not of. And, and, then, and then watch this. After asking themselves, did he eat something? Did somebody get him something to eat? He goes on to tell them, watch this. My meat, my fuel, my gasoline. God, help me in here. My meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. Now, do you see it? Do you see it? Here's what he's saying. Put it up there on the screen for them. It's my first point. I am sustained as I walk in purpose. My meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to accomplish his work. He said, I, you thought I need what you brought, but I am sustained as I do what he called me to do. Ooh, God have mercy in this place. Listen to that carefully. I am sustained as long as I walk in purpose. You know how many times death came knocking on Jesus' door, trying to kill him prematurely and could not? Death wanted to finish him, but couldn't because he wasn't finished. This is why you should have an attitude that says, I can't die until I'm done. They tried to push him off a cliff and he got away. Why? Purpose. They tried to stone him on another occasion, and they could not. Why? Purpose. As long as I walk in purpose, I am sustained. Oh, you need more. You need more. Okay, I'm going to give you some more. On another occasion, Jesus takes his 70 men. Now it's not just 12. Now it's 70. And he tells them, go out, preach the gospel, heal the sick. And so they say, oh, wow, a mission, a journey, a trip, an adventure. And they do what everybody else would do. They start to pack. Jesus said, uh-uh. Don't pack nothing. Don't even take a purse. Just walk in purpose. Watch this now. Watch this now. And so they take nothing and just start walking in their assignment. And the Bible says that they went and they came back. Watch this. Excited. Talking about, oh my God, Jesus, even the devils were subject up to us. And Jesus said, don't be concerned with that. Just be concerned that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Right? And then Jesus asked them a question. Hey, by the way, check it. Did you lack anything? And they say, nothing. What are they saying? As long as I walk in purpose, I am sustained. This is why I don't stress out over money. I get concerned about purpose. Because I understand that if I'm walking in purpose, money will never be an issue. You don't... Money was never an issue for Jesus, hallelujah, because he always walked in purpose. 
And as long as you walk in purpose, you shall not lack, but you'll be able to praise God saying, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want, I shall not lack. Hallelujah. I like the way Peter put it. I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor their seed begging for bread. The question is, are you walking in purpose? Walking in purpose is the most powerful thing you could walk in. Somebody shout purpose. Purpose. Money is rooted in purpose. Don't make money the destination. Money is transportation. It's a vehicle that takes you to the destination. And as long as you understand that, hallelujah, you won't lack it. God have mercy in here. Watch this. They look at Jesus in this text and they say, what's he doing talking to a Samaritan? And what's all these Samaritan people this woman brought back? And they see it as a problem. Jesus sees it as a harvest. And then he tells them, lift your eyes, man. Open your eyes because you'll never walk in a harvest you cannot see. You'll never walk in a harvest you cannot see. Amen, somebody. Listen, you could be young and still perceive purpose. I'm not just talking to older folk. If you're young, I'm talking to you in here. You could be young and perceive purpose. I will submit to you that David was able to perceive purpose at a very young age. But please understand that it is only God who has the power to take you from the backstage and bring you to the forefront. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Hallelujah. And you don't need to stress out about half the things people stress out over. Because watch this. When you're really anointed. Let me say this about David. Hallelujah. David didn't have no mic. I said he didn't have no mic. Watch this. He didn't have no business card. He didn't have a marketing plan. What he had was an anointing. God help me in here. Hallelujah. And watch this. When you're really anointed, God won't even let the prophet miss it. That's why when the prophet comes and tries to put oil on the wrong head, the oil don't flow. Because the oil ain't going to flow until it finds the right head. And this is why I don't stress out, hallelujah, over money. And I don't stress out, watch this, over who likes me and who don't like me, hallelujah. And who's for me and who don't think I'm going to make it and who thinks I'm going to make it. If I have been assigned to purpose, hallelujah, when God says now, everything else is going to have to move out the way, hallelujah. The prophet said, everybody stand, move out of the way because the next king is coming. Oh, God, help me in here. you assigned to purpose are you blessed in here my god his own father excluded him from the lineup how many of you know this story his brothers don't believe in him his father excludes him from the lineup and the prophet misses him but God help me in here this is why you, know, you need not to get concerned. I'm not going to make it because nobody's noticing me. And then you see seeing my gifts. And then I give me opportunity. When God says now. God, help me in here. Let me tell you how powerful your God is. Let me give you my next point. I'm not doing so good, saints. Watch this. God uses attacks to accelerate you. 
Some of us don't like that right there. I said, God uses attacks to accelerate you. You don't believe me? Watch this. It was God who said, have you considered my servant Job? Because I'm about to use the attack of the enemy to accelerate his life. And the Bible says, watch this, in, in Job 42, and God blessed Job more, double, in the second half of his life than he did in the first. But the tool I used to get him to double was an attack. Are you in this place, church? When God's getting ready to promote you, he will allow an attack to hoist you upward. And like David, all you got to do, watch this, is perceive purpose. I don't care how loud Goliath is screaming. See, because sometimes, watch this, your opportunity is coming in the form of opposition. Goliath is yelling 40 days, 40 nights, cussing the people of Israel. Attacking verbally, are you hearing what? And threatening to attack them physically, are you hearing what I'm saying? And all of Israel scared until David gets there. Are you hearing what I'm saying? This little boy who came to bring cheese, you know that story? First Samuel chapter 17 came to bring some cheese and some bread to his brothers who were in the battle. Despise not small beginnings. Don't look down at what you're doing right now. Because what you're doing right now might not be the thing, but it is the thing that's leading you to the thing. So whatever you're doing right now, do it with your whole heart. All he was doing was serving his brothers. Hey, I brought you some food. But then he heard the giant cussing the people of God. And he said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? giant who dares to defy the armies of the living God. That little boy got an attitude. And you know his brothers did? They got mad at him. Now isn't that amazing? I'm trying to serve my brothers and they get mad at me. I came, I came over here to give you something to eat. Why would you get mad at the people God is using to feed you? But they get mad at him. And David says something very powerful. Watch this. He said, is there not a cause? You see a problem, but I sense purpose. Is there not a cause? What is he saying? Is there not a purpose? Now I'm starting to realize why I'm really here. And he's young. Are you in this place, church? God, have mercy in here. And then he goes to King Saul and he says, I'll fight him. Let me at him. And King Saul says, you crazy. I'm paraphrasing, but that's really what he said. You crazy. Uh, You're a child. And he's been a warrior since he's been a child. And so (laughs) David starts to testify. A lion came and snatched one of my sheep. You know what I did? Chased him down. Grabbed him by his beard. Smote him twice. Smote him. That's King James. I punched him. I punched the lion in the face twice. He, <laughs> he didn't let go the first time, so I hit it again. Listen, sometimes you just got to hit it. Anyway, let's stop. I'll preach off anything. Just, 
listen, then, then, a, then a bear took one of my, my sheep and I called him, grabbed him by the beard, smote him, and he let it go. And this giant is going to be just like one of them. Because like Ty Trippett said, if he did it before, <laughs> don't make me sing it, hallelujah. I'll get the worship team up here. Anyway, if he did it before, he'll do it again. Are you? And, and, and King Saul looks at him and says, Goliath is going to pounce you. And David said, nah, God's about to place me. Oh, you don't hear what I'm saying in here. I perceive purpose. I see an opportunity in the middle of my opposition. If you're blessed in here, shout glory. Sound like you want to have church. Because I do. Oh, God, help me in here. When God shines the spotlight on you, know that that spotlight is going to generate heat also. And the shinier the light, the hotter the heat. Are you hearing what I'm saying in here? Watch this. So let me just say this to you. While your praise is impressive, people notice how you handle attack. I said, while your praise is impressive, people notice how you handle attack. Amen? If I really want to know what you're made of, I, I don't just listen to you praise. That's good, but I'm waiting to see how you handle attack. Because how you handle attack lets me know where your power is. Uh, and when God's getting ready to promote you, he will allow an attack to hoist you upward. He'll send Joseph's brothers. Because people will just celebrate you where you are. And so if people celebrate you where you are, you know what happens? You end up staying where you are. So what God has to do is send some enemies to push you where you need to be. This is why an enemy is necessary. See, y'all don't like me right now, but I said an enemy is necessary. That's why David said, I thank God for my enemies. The Bible says enemies are footstools. And so if an enemy is a footstool, that means that I use them to reach places I could not reach when there was no footstool. I can only go so high without an enemy, but my God prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Are you in this place? Woo. Have you considered my servant Job? Are you hearing what I'm saying? Let me give you another one. Oh my God, let me give you another one. Beware the dangers of trying to make your prophecy come to pass. Now this is deep. Beware the dangers of you trying to make your own prophecy come to pass. Now, I understand that you got a word over your life. That's good. I understand that you recognize that you got a purpose. That's awesome. But understand, write the vision down. Because it is for an appointed time. Okay, let me help you. How many of you in here know you can't have dinner for breakfast? Unless you're Latino like me. Because we've been known to take them leftovers, hallelujah, early in the morning. Don't leave me up here by myself, hallelujah. What? But <laughs> it is not recommended that you eat dinner in the morning. Watch this, watch this, watch this. 
It's not that it's not good. It's just too early. And watch this. Because you're eating something that's good too early, the stomach can't digest it. So you usually, you usually end up losing it one way. Or another. And again, it's not that it's not good. It's just not the right time. I wish I had the prodigal son here. I'd be like, prodigal son, testify to these people. Because the prodigal son will tell you, hallelujah, I got something good too soon. Matter of fact, watch this. Let me take it a step further. I got something that was mine. Because not only was it good, it was his inheritance. But I got it too soon. I got it too early. And because I got it too early, I ended up losing the whole thing. So be very careful of trying to make your prophecy come to pass. God is faithful. And he watches over his word to perform it. Don't get ahead of yourself. Ask Abraham. I can't even go there. Hallelujah. But he'll tell you. He had a hard time waiting. Came up with some crazy plan. If you're blessed to hear, shout glory. glory. How many of you in this place know that there is a difference between a 14-year-old and a 27-year-old having a baby? What's the difference? Timing. Maturity. Readiness. Are you blessed in here, church? If David were here, he would tell you every battle I face took me to higher heights and higher levels. Not every praise, every battle. You didn't hear what I said. Every battle. That's why I'm at a place in my life now when I don't spend a whole lot of time praising God for stuff he gave me. Because I understand purpose. I chase God, things chase me. Let me give you Bible. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness and all these things that people stress out about. I don't have to chase. They chase me. Are you following what I'm saying? So I don't spend a whole lot of time, hallelujah, praising God for the stuff he gave me. I spend a lot of time praising God for my enemies. Oh, I ain't getting nothing right there. Hallelujah. I spend a lot of time praising God for my haters, my blockers, my door shutters, you ain't hearing me. And my gossipers. Why? Because they teach me how to fight. Oh, you didn't hear what I said. I said they teach me how to fight. This good fight. David said, I thank God for my enemies. He prepares a table for me in the presence of my enemies. Ooh, that's why you can't just sit in a corner and remain there indifferent. You got to choose a side and get in the fight. God, help me in here. Hallelujah. If David were here, David would tell you, listen, the harp helped me get there. Playing that harp? <laughs> help me. Help me get there. But once I got there, I had to use these hands. And so again, hallelujah, the thing that you're doing right now might not be the thing you're going to do. But it is the thing God is using to get you there. So do it with your whole heart. Hallelujah. You got room for a little more? Yeah. All right. At some point, 
David will have to stop writing songs and pick up that sword. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Oh, Lord, have mercy. I would dare say that the decision to fight is the key. Oftentimes, people don't make that decision for the lack of what they do not have that they think they need. And so they say, I don't have enough resources. And they say, I don't have enough training. I don't have the education for that. But what you need to realize is that you have to start with the decision. If David were here, David would tell you, when I made the decision, I found out that I didn't need to have a whole lot to get it done. When David made his decisions, he found out all he needed was a rack and a rod. A rag and a rock. And that's all he needed to bring down that giant. It starts with a decision. Are you in this place? Somebody shout purpose. David was so bad. The Bible says, hallelujah, that when King Saul would ask him for 104 skins of the Philistines, you know what David would do? He would go the extra mile and come back with 200 and drop bags full of blood in front of the king, hallelujah. And the king began to realize, you know what? This little guy can't just dance and sing. This little guy can fight. And all of a sudden, hallelujah, they started singing about him. You know you bad when they start making songs about you. David, Saul killed his thousands, and David killed his 10,000. You killed 10,000 Philistines, you deserve a song. Are you blessed in here? Let me see if I can try to land this plane. Oh, my God, I didn't even get to this stuff yet. Always happens to me. I over-prepare. It's all good. We'll just do it next week. But let me see if I can finish on a high note. Worship team, come up here. You guys doing all right? Amen. Watch this. You know this story very well. Matter of fact, I want to go to it, though. I got to show you something. Uh, uh, Mark chapter 4, verse 37. Mark chapter 4, verse 37. Amen. How many of you know the story about when Jesus is sleeping on the boat? Very familiar story, right? Amen. We read that, that story so loosely. I, hopefully, I'm going to mess somebody up before we leave. Watch this now. Uh, you know the story. Jesus looks at his disciples and tells them, get in the boat. Let's go to the other side. Let's go to the other side. Amen. So they get in the boat, and all of a sudden, a storm comes. But not a regular storm. Understand this. We're talking about expert fishermen. Peter is an expert fisherman. This guy knows how to maneuver through shaky waters. Amen. He, I'm sure he's been in storms before, but I want to describe the storm to you. Amen. So you know. Watch this. And there arose what? A great, not just an ordinary storm, a great storm of wind. Watch this. And the waves beat into the ship so that it was now what, saints? So are you trying to are you, get the visual, all right? The storm is so bad that the waves are compassing the boat to the point where the boat is getting flooded with water. The reason the disciples are flipping out, left the helm, hallelujah, and are afraid for their lives is because the boat is full of water. But Jesus, is in the part of the boat that should be full of water. My question is, is he sleeping on the water? Is he sleeping on the water? I mean, this is the God who made Jonah breathe in a whale for three days on the water. Don't ask me how. He's God. 
If he said breathe, he would have to breathe. Listen to me. Or, or could it be, just could this cater to me for a minute. I'm just thinking out loud. Could it be that the water flooded every compartment in the boat except the part where Jesus was? Because when it got to that part, the water recognized its creator. was nothing made that was made without him. And so when the created approached the creator, it remembered, this is the God who set my boundaries. This is the God who said, here and no further. It could not touch him. You want to know why? Purpose. What is Jesus saying? As long as I'm moving in my purpose, I am sustained. Jesus has an attitude. Listen, they yelled. They yelled. I don't think they swam to him. The, the boat, they yelled. Jesus, do you not care that we perish? And you can act cute in here and act like you never prayed that prayer. But you know. Don't you care about what's happening to me? Do you not see what's going on in my life right now? I'm dying. And Jesus gets up. Jesus gets up and then he speaks to the wind and the waves. And he says, be quiet. And, more, and most people stop there, but I wonder sometimes, if he was not just speaking to the storm without, but the storm within. Because he saw, watch this, the peace of the disciples leaving him, leaving them. And so when he said, peace be still, he was talking to two storms. The storm without and the storm within. And you need to recognize when your peace is leaving you. And when your peace is leaving you, you should be able to look at it and say, peace. Be still. And the wind stop. And the waves stop. Because they recognize their creator. And then he looked at them. That's where I want to go. Then he looked at them. And he said, what's wrong with y'all? That's not exactly what he said. What he said was, ye of little faith. I interpret that as, what's wrong with y'all? was upset that they woke him up you know what he was saying we were going to get there anyway because from the beginning I said let's go over to the other side and you were supposed to trust the word I spoke with your ear and not that which you see with your eyes God, help me in here. What's wrong with y'all? But because you woke me up, let me do something that's unnecessary because we were going to get there anyway. For you to assume that you're going to get there absent of trouble is silly. But we are going to get there 
in spite of the trouble. We were going to get there anyway. But since you woke me up, let me do something unnecessary just to teach you something about purpose. Because when you walk in purpose, you will be sustained. You know what Jesus, you know why Jesus could sleep in the middle of the craziest storm? Because Jesus understood his purpose. And there ain't no storm the devil can create that is greater than the purpose of God over my life. His problem will never outweigh my purpose. And so people who walk in purpose sleep through the worst storms. Because they understand, I can't die until I'm done. Do I have a church in here today? It is summer Sunday, so I, I got to go. Stand to your feet in here. I got more for you. I this. My challenge is, hallelujah, that I never get to the good part. <laughs> then I have a hard time trying to save it hallelujah but next week I'm going to show you through Ruth that when you get in Boaz's field once you start walking in purpose God drops handfuls on purpose in other words when you get into purpose God, dra God drops handfuls on purpose when you get in purpose your provision starts to come I'm going to save it are you blessed in here next week I'm going to show you I better not. I'm going to show you how passion and pain are twins that come out of the same womb. And you can't have one without the presence of the other. And so for you to think that you're going to accomplish your purpose absent of pain, you're sadly mistaken. But that's why God gives you passion. Because your passion is just as powerful as your pain. I better stop. Hallelujah. If you're blessed in here, shout glory. Give God a real good hand clap in this place. Come on, church.